Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash, like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP, but don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. Hey, everyone. This is John Rocha from Collider. By now, you've likely heard about Disney Plus, the new streaming service that includes Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and National Geographic. With all of these amazing brands in one place, Disney Plus is one of the most incredible libraries in the entire streaming landscape, and it's all ad-free. From beloved classics like Snow White and the Seven Dwarves to today's blockbusters like Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame to critically acclaimed documentaries like National Geographic's Free Solo, the content on Disney Plus is truly unparalleled. Disney Plus also offers some of the most beloved TV shows of all time, including 30 seasons of the Emmy Award-winning animated series The Simpsons. And if that weren't enough, Disney Plus has also rolled out a host of originals like The Mandalorian, the first-ever Star Wars live-action series, and high school musical The Musical The Series a very meta take on the beloved film franchise. It's no wonder Disney Plus has become one of the most talked about streaming services of 2019. So don't miss out. Sign up for Disney Plus now and start streaming all this great content today. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831.20. Stay little chico, pit bull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
do, do you like Star Wars? Do you like having fun with Star Wars, discussing Star Wars and, and having fun? Then uh, welcome to Collider Jedi <laughs> Council, Kadnapsuk, Andres Cabrera, Emma Fife. And today the show is presented by Heroes and Villains. Use code JEDI10 for 10% off your entire purchase. And there's also existing holiday promotions. Uh, go to heroesvillains.com. Use the code again, JEDI10 for 10% off. We thank our friends at Heroes and Villains for sponsoring this show today, which makes it possible. And <laughs> on the show, well, it's been an interesting week in Star Wars news. One of the things we'll be talking about today is Star Wars actor, very unhappy. Happy with some of the stuff in the Star Wars movie he was in. Also, with Episode 9 coming out next week, this week we are going to be taking a look back on Episode 8, The Last Jedi. Most controversial Star Wars film of all time? We might not think so. And just like Emma said, we are one week away from the rise of Skywalker, and that means we're going to be making our mostly wrong predictions, but that's okay. And we are starting off with the news, Ken. That's right, Star Wars movie news. This is Star Wars TV news, movie news, all the news. It's news. It is news. I got I got headphone hair today. Thanks, Mark <laughs> Riley, for having me on Collider Live. Uh, all right, this first story, you probably heard it going around. There was an actor who sat down for an interview, and he, and he, he admitted, yeah, I like, I like some of what I was in Star Wars. It, it, I turned the page, but I didn't like a lot of decisions, definitely didn't like the dialogue, and he spoke about it, and uh, it kind of shook me a little bit here. Adam, uh, we got a picture of the guy. Oh, Alec Guinness. In 1977, Sir Alec Guinness... Uh, admitted in an interview, eh, not such a big fan of a lot of things in uh, the Star Wars picture he was in, though he did admit uh, George had a, an interesting story and a modern myth, yeah. but he got 2% on the back end, which made him probably like it yeah. anymore. Also, a uh, producer of uh, the, one of the Star Wars uh, sequel trilogies talked about how some of the decisions made in one of the films uh, didn't follow a, a plan, and you need a, a plan, and he didn't enjoy plan. the last movie. Gary Kurtz, producer of uh, uh, Star Wars A New Hope and Empire strikes back in a in a 2010 interview uh, said uh, said this um uh, we had an outline, and George changed everything in it. Instead of bittersweet and poignant, he wanted a euphoric ending with everybody happy. The original idea was that they would recover the kidnapped Han Solo in the early part of the story, and he would die in the middle of the film on a raid on the Imperial base. George then decided he didn't want any of the principals killed. By that time, we were really uh, big toy sales, uh, and that was the reason. So, hey, it's almost as if... Uh, the people involved with making Star Wars films and in Star Wars films sometimes have opinions about the movies. They're invested in them, and that's great. The 1977 Yankees fought. They won two World Series championships, 77-78. Stephen Delane, my favorite character, Stannis Baratheon, hates Game of Thrones. Did it for money. Character still affected me. So we are going to move past, past all that and talk about the things that matter. And more Star Wars news. Emma? That is right. First of all, this story comes from our very own Perry Nemiroff over on Collider.com. Heard of her. Uh, Perry had a chance to sit down with some of the cast of the upcoming film, The Rise of Skywalker, namely Daisy Ridley, who, by the way, gave the best answer to what would you like to experience of Baby Yoda's firsts, uh, which was a question that she posed to many of the cast members involved in the film. But the big story is that, according to Daisy, someone she works with, she did not say who, oh. accurately predicted part of the ending of The Rise of Skywalker. Wow. See, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I This is why I, I, we're doing predictions yes. today. Ooh, and yeah. I'm really bad on it. Uh, Me too. On predictions. Uh, uh, and, and kind of on purpose because... <sighs> 
when, when George R. R. Martin, we're all Game of Thrones folks Absolutely. here. Absolutely. Uh, when he's like, yeah, some people guessed the theories early on, like, oh, I don't want to know. I, I don't want to have the fun taken out of it. But I'm also immediately curious and kind of doing the what did what was it? Not to get too sidetracked on Game of Thrones, but there is part of me that is hoping if the books ever get finished that their yes. ending might be slightly different than the television show, uh, just so I can be surprised Game, all over Game again. Game of Thrones talk, Ken. We're doing it. We're doing it. Not on Jedi Council. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, I mean, my takeaway from it, so basically she clarifies in the interview that it's not that they specifically guessed the exact ending of the film, but they did accurately predict something that is a component. And it wasn't that they were predicting the ending so much as they just made a statement about something that they would like to see in the film. So without getting too much into predictions, which yeah, we're going to dive yeah. into a lot later in the show, Ace, what is, what is something that you would like to see in the film? Ooh, I mean, I've been very vocal on this, uh, yeah. Emma. <laughs> I want to see every single Jedi come back from the grave. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> and just fight. No, um, I, I do want to see some Force Ghost interactions. I want to see some classic Jedi. I want to see some prequel callbacks. Give me some yeah. prequel love. Give me all the prequel love. Yeah. Um, and as long as they give me some prequel love, I'm happy. I'm happy. That's what I want. Ken? So. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm just scared. I'm just, we're so close. I don't even want to stumble on the ending in my mm-hmm. head now. Mm-hmm. Now, I, we're getting, we're doing these predictions, but like Force mm-hmm. Ghost Party, I, that'd be great. But if it happens, bro, I don't I'm know. telling you, Force Ghost Party, it's happening. I Let's tell do you, it. The yeah. only thing, Emma, I really want, I've mentioned here before, is I want a final shot of Chewie going home to his house. Ooh. Mala saying, hey, I got some stew. Where, where have you been? I've been working, keeping the family afloat. Where you uh-huh. been? Mm. And maybe Lumpy shows up and Listen, has his own. Family. That's actually not not bad. That's that's not bad. But we it, can all dream. I mean, it, it'll be a little bit <laughs> controversial, if, yeah. considering you know Chewie. What I mean, where have you been for the past? Chewie, I don't know how many Chewie, years. Chewie stepped out on his yeah. marriage. I mean, come on, that's a little we controversial. Ken, we gotta deal <laughs> with this. I don't know. Bring, introducing that uh, you know familial issues this late in the story, Ken. I don't know. I don't know yeah. if it's gonna work. I don't but, know about uh, that. Again, we're we'll be diving into our predictions a little bit later in the show yeah. because by the time we film next week, we will have all already seen. Rise of Skywalker, so we can't really get into any predictions. But until then, uh, Ace, what's our last story today? So speaking of the Rise of Skywalker, they released another feature. We've been getting a few of these, but now it's one called Friendship. And it focuses on the cast of characters we get to see in all these movies. And they're making a big point of pointing out that John Boyega, Daisy Ridley, and Oscar Isaac are all coming together, the three of them, to kind of lead this movie as an ensemble cast. And it's a big kind of reunion of Star Wars fandom and it's a lot of fun. It's actually probably my favorite featurette they've released so far. Yeah. It's it's just really heartwarming and it reminds you that this has been going on forever and yeah. it's one of the main reasons why my anticipation for The Rise of Skywalker is so high. It's because it is the culmination of all these movies kind of coming together in this final chapter of the saga. Friendship and family, these are things yeah. very important to Star Wars. And this is really the first film where, where Finn, Ray, and Poe are all mm-hmm. together. I look at Force Awakens, I mean, we don't, you know, Poe, who's a beautiful, beautiful man with He's a great a jacket. Man. Really, it yeah, yeah, wasn't supposed a- to be. I mean, we know that yeah. now, Urban Legend. He was going to kill him off, maybe not. So this is the first time we get to see them all really together. Yeah, and uh, I think, you know, we got a little bit of that just at the very, very end of The Last Jedi. And I I think that for all that people have opinions on, you know, the the new trilogies being too similar to the old trilogies and not similar enough, I think there is a real interesting story to tell with kind of 
this generation's trio and they're very different characters mm-hmm, than mm-hmm. uh than han leia and luke were certainly but but still again just having that that central group at the core of it finally all coming together i think that we're going to see some really strong storytelling because ultimately as you say ken that that is a big part of what star wars is about it's about mm-hmm. family and it's about your found family and and the friends and the bonds that you make um right. while trying to take down an evil totalitarian dictatorship. Absolutely what's about <laughs> and, and and without a doubt like the in everything you kind of see in this you say this is like your favorite behind the scenes feature yeah. Ace. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of agree with you. Uh, the, the, there was something really warm about it, and that's because you see them on set having fun. And granted, there's going to be days where they're not getting along or days. And, sure. it, and it really, I love how they tied it to the shots of Han. Yes. Han, Han is not a Harrison real human. Ford. Harrison Ford <laughs> uh, playing with Carrie Fisher's hair and, yeah. uh, and Luke. And, well, it reminds you because know, if, yeah. you, if you watch the behind the scenes for the first Star Wars, you get to know like. They were having fun. Like, this was yeah. like a weird movie that, to them, it was, but it was still fun. Star Wars right. was not a legacy yeah. by any means at that point. They were not planning on making more movies. They were yeah. they were literally, like, fulfilling George Lucas's Flash Gordon fan fiction dreams. Yeah. And, and I think that's what <laughs> gave into that, right? Yeah. It's that idea of, like, we're taking this weird, bizarre mashup of yeah. Flash Gordon and a space opera fantasy movie. Let's literally lean into that and mm-hmm. just have fun with it so yeah and, and going in look I, I saw someone tweet out uh, there's like the runtime in the original trilogy of the big three mm-hmm. and look th- you can't replace the big three no. it's, it's like original snl cast yeah, well, eddie murphy comes in he's probably even better you, you're gonna still look at the originals it's like 11 minutes maybe 13 a minute 59 and then like 11 or 13 great. i think I'm, I'm flipping the numbers well, the around. other thing is too that i i think that people need to keep in mind is that this trilogy, yes, it is definitely about these new characters, but I think that a lot of the last couple of films, because they did feature the characters we already knew and liked, a, a lot of it was about them passing this on to the new generation. I mean, that's literally what Luke's voiceover says yeah. in the trailer of like yeah. everything mm-hmm. we've done up to this point, like this, this is your fight now. You, mm-hmm. it, It's about you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why I'm really, I'm really excited. Yeah, the, it, it is this baton being passed, like you said. And JJ talks about this. This Force Awakens and this series has been about you know the shadow of, of the past yeah. and legacies and everything over you. All of them are kind of out of, including Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Chewie and his marriage problems are still sticking around. <laughs> but but uh, I so going back again to you, Ace. Like this one really got me excited to see. A movie where, for the most part, we know they're going to have some probably some solo side quest adventures. Sure. But for the most part, to see these big three together for the final film, I think, uh, to me, it'll be worth the wait. Absolutely. I- I'm incredibly excited. And we're only a week away, and I'm I'm, I'm dead. <laughs> I'm dead. Like, I-, I can't wait. It's really, it's really like, I- I've been anticipating this movie forever, so... Finally, we get to see it. Finally, yeah. finally. And uh, there's other news bits out there. Uh, as we were going to tape uh, earlier here in the day, uh, Mark Riley and I both simultaneously got messages from our Patreon supporters going, just avoid this TV spot. Avoid this TV spot. So uh, I, have, I have decided also the conversation this week online really pushed me. I have just done what I do a lot, which I just mute every word around mm. Star Wars, Emma, mm. because I just want to go in with as much... Mm. Pure, unexpected joy and mindset going into this film. Yeah, I'm very much a person that likes to go in to any movie thinking... Mm Huh, I really hope I like this movie. I'm I'm rooting for this movie. I want to have a good time. Uh, And I think that... 
you know, sort of tampering one's expectations and also not having these big moments that are potentially going to elicit these emotional, like positive emotional responses. Mm-hmm. Why would I want to see that on a TV yeah. when I could yeah. see it in a movie theater full let's of people see. who are excited about Star Wars? Uh, that sounds like a plan here. <laughs> uh, so that's going to wrap our closing news. Again, a lot more news out there, but yeah. we're going to move on. We're gonna, we don't have time to talk about some other things. I like The Mandalorian. We're entering our spoiler chat Ooh. section Mando. Uh, of Mando, Mando. of uh, The Mandalorian here. So uh, at this point, uh, if you uh, have uh, not had the uh, chance to see episode five or you are in another part of the world where you just have to steal it and you're not doing that um this is a safe spot for all of you the rest of us we're going to talk about it and and ace you and i did get a chance to sit down for the collider review we show did. so we definitely want to hear what emma has to Absolutely. say but what we got going on in mendo world well i mean the first thing is something that you've actually talked about quite a bit ken and i and i really want to point the arrow towards you I don't, I don't a lot know, of point arrows the, the pointed blaster at me. towards you, yeah. the pulse rifle towards you, um, mm-hmm. and and talk about who's yeah. actually in the suit, right? When yeah. it comes to the Mandalorian, because most people assume it is Pedro Pascal in the suit the whole time, the entire time, mm-hmm. kicking butt the entire time, and and we as fans like the idea of the actors being in the suit, whether it's Kylo Ren, whether it's. Whoever it is, we want to imagine that that actor is actually in the suit the entire time. When in reality, spoiler alert for anyone who's in not making movies, most of the time the main actor is not in the suit. Is whether it's a Spider-Man movie, whether it's yeah. a superhero movie, it's a stunt guy, guys. It's a stunt actor who's usually in the suit. And this dates all the way back to <laughs> yeah. the beginning of Star Wars. By the way, yes. it's not James Earl Jones. It's in yeah, that Darth Vader outfit. It's yeah. David Prowse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, is the arrow still? Uh, you, yes, are I'm, you shooting I'm still pointing it into my it heart? You. Yes. Here's the thing. This was something we knew. This yes. is something that uh, we've been kicking around for a while. <laughs> yeah. And, and but like, it still breaks a lot of people's hearts. Here's yeah. why. And and I go, so I was sat here over there, and there were some other people on the show, and they kind of. Uh, I I personally had kind of a uh, not an issue with it, but I was like ah, first couple reasons. One, Pedro Pascal is a great actor, Red wonderful Viper. actor. Red Viper, this is up. Yeah. You, br- you bring up uh, James Earl Jones things, and what I thought the difference was in that situation, mm-hmm. specifically specifically comparing those is in 1977 they didn't go James Earl Jones is Darth Vader. We've hired this guy, and he Fair. is, and they market it, and he goes to conferences and cons and press conferences, and. No, large percent of the time it's not him. Um, I felt that they couldn't necessarily say it's a Mandalorian voiced by Pedro Pascal. I get why they sure, said sure. it is Pedro, yeah. uh, but he was cast long after principal uh, principal photography had started. Yeah. Um, so it just made sense, and it doesn't necessarily. I'm enjoying the hell out of this show. Yeah. Mm. It's just I think it's sometimes, uh, and he was doing other things, right? King Lair. Sure, I think he was in King rehearsals Lair, for. Yeah. This all came out because Bryce Dallas Howard was like, oh, I didn't really work with him. I worked with Brendan Wayne, who's done most of it. Uh, There is, oh gosh, uh, Latif Crowder, I believe his name. Is another one of the... Does a lot of the work. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, yeah, it's like, uh, you know, uh, I know that's not Dooku with a lightsaber fight. It's not Christopher Lee. It's it's his head. Yeah. So it's just, I I hope in season two we get to see more. And I, I do believe he's in it. 
Some of the time because they released some behind the scenes Absolutely. footage. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. But I also think that was after the fact a little bit and that we might get some. Remember, Ming-Na Wen got announced very late. She did. She probably went back and shot some stuff with yeah, her. Yeah, and it was yeah. episode five. It's yeah. not like it was the final episode. Totally. Uh, I think my biggest takeaway, I mean, I, I've told you guys a million times, I, I have a slight connection towards the Sun community. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have friends who were actually, I, I know of a couple of the guys who were inside the Spider-Man suit for the past mm, few Spider-Man movies. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I actually know the ones from Andrew Garfield, too, the actual stunt double. Most of the time, people don't want to hear that stunt guys are in the suit. Most of the time, when we get behind the scenes, we hear Tom Holland, and he's like, I do all my stunts. Not true. Mm. He does a lot of it, but he doesn't do all of them. Yeah. Um, or whether it's Andrew Garfield, whether it's Tobey Maguire, whether it's anyone inside who's like a really athletic dude. Right. Um, isn't doing all the stunts most of the time. This has yeah. actually been something that's been a part of Hollywood for a while. I think it's I think it's fine, and and I think it's a way to we we should also give credit though to the stunt guys. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, uh, coming from the pro wrestling world, like it was a lot of those guys and gals going to stunt too, and it's a and yeah. it's a tight tight community, and it they, is get, a very tight they community. get what they're signing mm-hmm. up yes. for. Um, and again, I, I'm not faulting. I don't think it's Pedro Pascal's fault. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, it's it, nobody's it, fault. It's just what it is. It's just unfortunate. And also, there was this weird reaction with some of the episodes early on. And this is why at Star Wars Celebration, I was really not feeling the footage. Because I was like, it didn't feel like Pedro was in the costume in that scene. I didn't connect to him. Pedro is an amazing actor and would embody in the movements and everything he's done. And even Brendan Wayne has said, I've done some things. He's voiced it differently. And I just felt I could it, it could tell a little bit and took me out. But that's me. Sure. And guess where I'm at? Enjoying the hell out of the show, Emma. Exactly. Because that's what it is. But I just think it's I was kind of waiting for this Dan to break a little bit. Sure, it seems sure. like it's not being taken horribly wrong. Nope. And it's just part of the life. People get the magic of movies and TV shows. It's interesting, too, because, you know, obviously you clearly had a little bit of a discussion about how you felt like some of what was going on in the suit work versus what was going on in the voice acting work yeah. didn't quite match up completely. But I think overall, and, and, I, and I don't disagree, like there are moments like that for sure, especially this episode to me was my least favorite one. Um, but that's, that's, I love this show. Mm-hmm. I, I still enjoyed this episode. It was just my least favorite one, mostly because... I felt like all the actors were in different shows from one another. Like it didn't feel yeah, like there was, that was my a, complaint too, yeah. a sort of unified approach to, well, how comedic is this show versus how serious is it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think Ming-Na Wen was perfect and everyone should have been on her level. Um, and I, and I adore Amy Sedaris and oh, yeah, yeah. in an episode of Rebels or the Clone Wars, I would have loved that mm, character. And let me be clear, I liked her a lot. I thought she yeah. was great. It just didn't feel like she... She felt like she was in a cartoon. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. But... It's tones. Exactly. And the director, part of the job is to make sure the tones are Correct. all in, in, in um, sync. But to, to Pedro Pascal's credit, in addition to talking about like somebody like a Brendan Wayne who did a lot of the suit work, is... Mm-hmm. He, I think his voice acting work overall is really, really stellar. Mm-hmm. And voice acting, well, yeah, obviously the basis of it is acting. It is a different art mm. than just acting with your body when you take your facial expressions away, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So when you're voice acting and say there's a, an animated character that's going to be animated to match your voice, or if you're doing ADR on something like you're dubbing an anime into English, it's, it's an art form. Um, And I think that Pedro does a really good job of Mm. like of conveying the emotions of what we're seeing 
out of this actor who's in the actual Mandalorian suit. And that that is challenging. And mm. a, and somebody who is not as skilled of a voice actor as he is, it, it wouldn't work at all. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And, and, and for my final thought on this, and I want to get your roundup. Is, is yeah. Going into season two, maybe his schedule's more clear. Yeah. I got to imagine as a performer, he's dying oh, to get into it I all the time. I think he yeah. wants to be in yeah. the suit, to be very, very clear. Yeah. It was just, it just what it was. Yeah. They, they were shooting. And, and I'll tell you, this is what <laughs> I, this is how I first was like, what's going on? I had a tape of a podcast yeah. at my house. And one of my friends who's not in the digital media world, he's in the improv sketch world, an old friend of mine from the Groundlings days, is like, hey, you like Star Wars, right? Because they're doing that new show. Yeah, he goes, yeah, my friend's in it. He's like, uh, he's like playing a, a Boba Fett. I'm sorry, what day <laughs> did I specifically have to be at UCB to get cast on this show? <laughs> yeah. Because seriously, like, uh, well, no, no, but he, but, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, there's less. And I go, what do you? No, I go, no, it's, the show's called The Mandalorian. He goes, well, yeah, no, but he he's like the lead guy. My friend's the lead guy, and I'm like, You're, what yeah. do you mean? And he goes, yeah, he's like wearing you know like the Boba Fett stuff. That's him. Mm-hmm. I was like, what is that? What are you talking about? That's the first time I started like, wait a minute, there's something going you're on. With Pedro Pascal. <laughs> I was like, you've never told what? me you're friends with a red viper. Amazing. Anyways, no, Spe- I, can I can yeah, I say yeah, yeah. side note too? Yeah. Um, uh, I got to give a little shout out. I mean, obviously we're Game of Thrones guys. Red Viper is my guy. Oberyn Martell. Yeah. I'm House Martell. Shout out to Dorne. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things where uh, you know Leong Wen, uh, Leong Yang. I'm sorry, yeah. is the guy who does Wushu. Mm-hmm. Um, for Pedro, he's actually his stunt double oh, yeah. in the fight scene, the Mountain and the Viper, uh, yeah. episode eight in season four, and he also happens to be the stunt coordinator for uh, the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi right, and right. the Rise of Skywalker. He's the Star Wars stunt coordinator. There you go. And he's the stunt double for Pedro Pascal See? in Game of Thrones. Makes a lot of sense. That's great. So, it's I, all connected. Yeah. There you go. Give credit to um, the stunt guys. Yeah. But about this episode, Ace, take us through yes. a little bit. I definitely want to get some more of Emma's thoughts yeah. on this here. Yeah, I definitely want to hear Emma's thoughts. Um, I, 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 I like this episode, and I think a lot of people, I was reading a few of the comments, were reacting to our review of it, saying, like, you guys hated it. Why'd you hate it? I didn't hate it. I, I love the Tatooine references. I love going back to Tatooine. I screamed when I saw Tatooine. It, it was incredible. It was handled so beautifully yeah. also because one of my, and, and let me also be clear. I enjoy the film solo. I thought it was real fun, mm-hmm. but I also thought it winked at the camera a lot. Mm. Uh, and they went back to Tatooine in this episode and did not wink at the camera at all. Yeah. They just great. were on Tatooine. Mm-hmm. And one of the things too is like, I read a lot of articles being like, you guys didn't get it. You guys didn't get it. Saying, look at all the references for Tatooine. And I think we both got it. Yeah. I, I don't think we it's... ever once like missed something. We, we understood no. what they were trying to say about, look where Tatooine was, look where it is now, as far as where the New Republic is headed, and a lot of the right. disappointment of the New Republic, right? Yeah. So that is a very worthy thing to give credit towards this episode. However, the Tora Calican storyline didn't really work. I felt a little bit filler when it comes I, to the to the main plot, and I know a lot of people are like, "What is the main plot, Ace? Tell me, since you're so smart." I obviously there is no direction. I think the direction we're headed now is there needs to be some sort of plan mm. to keep Baby Yoda away from the guild, and right now he's jumping from planet to planet trying to keep him away, right. which is fun. That's a fun watch. I guess what I'm trying to say is when I get an episode like a filler one, I want to learn a little bit more, and we didn't really learn more. A lot of people are comparing this episode to episode two, but in episode two, we get the Baby Yoda force reveal. Yes. Like, as filler as that is, that's a big moment. If you're going to do an episode that's a quote-unquote filler episode, and by the way, I think that in our current sort of 
TV watching world and certainly the kind of people who are attracted to something like a Mandalorian who likely are fans of Game of Thrones or uh, I'm trying to think of another like Game of Thronesy sort of example like a Breaking Bad or something where every single episode is driving the plot forward. That's just what we've come to expect from TV. And that wasn't always the case uh, as far as television shows go. One of the things that was so great about like OG Star Trek and, and, and Star Trek The Next Generation and tons of shows was that it was episodic. Every single episode was a really nicely contained little story. And I think that The Mandalorian is airing more on the side of that, which isn't a bad thing. Um, you know, Daniel Radford over at Screen Junkies, when we were talking about this, brought up the idea of she didn't realize she missed Xena Warrior Princess so much until she started watching The Mandalorian because mm. it, it, they are these like nice little contained adventures. That being said, you know, I would like if we got maybe a little more character insight development sure. in these filler quote unquote episodes. Yeah. But it, yeah. And I'm a fan of, of network television yeah. as far as, I mean, when it comes to network TV, which shows like, for example, Supernatural. Yeah. I happen to be the biggest Supernatural fan there is. Trust me, I'm, I love Supernatural. Totally. And, and there's 22, 24 episodes in a season. Uh-huh. So we get a lot of Monster of the Week is what they call it. Yes. Monster of the Week. And, and we get like this X-Files type episode where you're yeah. hunting down mm-hmm. some sort of creature that's attacking a village or a s- small town or something like that. However, like I told Ken, that's 22 episodes. Right. This is eight episodes. And, I, and that is a completely, <laughs> yes. completely fair criticism. Yeah. So for me, it's like we have eight episodes, guys. Like, yeah, yo, we got 30 minutes, eight episodes. Let's let's. Let's see where we're going now, because we only have three left. So. Totally. Nope. That, that was my only criticism. Yeah, yeah. no, again, it's so funny, uh, you know, I, I get uh, called all the words for loving Star Wars too much, and then there's one episode yeah, where I'm kind of exactly. like, oh, you know, the acting didn't vibe with me, and, and, and how could you hate it? No, I didn't yeah. hate it. I actually loved it, and I thought we one of the big things we learned is about, I think, Mandalorian kind of accepting his role as the father, because sure. Amy mm-hmm. Sedaris is, uh, Pelly is the name, right, I believe? Yeah, we, yeah. Uh, is like just assumes he's the father. That was yeah. the, so there's definitely things, and, and the big thing at the end, I'd love to get, especially your prediction. But yeah, uh, and the, the Moss Oscar stuff was a big, big win for me. It was great. Because it, uh, it, just, it just flowed naturally, and we learned stuff about the state of the galaxy. Uh, yeah. uh, the fact that the nat- droids now run they, a, a I was bar. Gonna, that was literally they, exactly yeah. what I was about to say. They got a droid bartender yeah, now, so they, it's real progressive. Yeah, it's progressive. <laughs> they, they can the, the the droid detection unit's gone. Like all of that. Mm. No, no. This is this is a this is a fun time. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, my my problems with the more real world stuff. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. t- the Tuscan Raiders. You and I talked oh, in depth about that. That moment was so was brilliant. Yeah, the reframing of them was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. It was it was addressing the fact that. Um, actually, the Tusken Raiders were here first, yeah. uh, and y'all kind of drove them out of their territories and built these cities, so... Well, look, uh, uh, my pal Joseph Scrimshaw said it very well in our, our big Force Center review of, like, George took from a lot of uh, Westerns yeah. and, and Samurais, and one of the things that Westerns he took is, uh-huh. like... Uh, the natives around this land, we didn't treat them that well or, or ignored them and didn't we treated them as these characters. And, and, and it's used to great effect in Attack of the Clones. But I love this kind of subtle, yeah. it is right in front of you, but this subtle like reframing mm. of, of, of the Tuscan Raiders really was, was, was good. Um, yeah, and I can't say enough good things about uh, Ming-Na Wen as mm. Fennec Shand. I thought, again, I, really I thought that she struck that perfect balance of this is this kind of serious show, but I still... Uh, 
I still have a sense of humor. She she felt like a Star Wars character. Yeah, that's that's well, my biggest compliment. Is like yeah, she, she did, fits yeah. so well in exactly. Star Wars, probably more than any character I've seen so far in this show. I mean, as far as like side characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was just like, love her. Star Wars I would agree with that like I, I really love Cara Dune and want more from that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want Gina to grow in that role, but uh, Ming Na One kind of like I'm immediately yeah. like, oh, I, if you were to give me a one shot comic of her yeah. working for the Huts or something, yeah, I, I, it would vi- it, it would vibe really well and fit really well. I, with I know Star we Wars. get the rumors as far as Concha Club, but it feels like, oh, this fits perfectly in a Concha Club. Like, yeah. this, oh, yeah, this yeah, fits. Yeah. Like, this yeah. is part of that group, and I feel like, yes, that's great. So, I know we talked about it a little bit, but Emmett, like, all right, predictions mm. here at the end. Do, you, oh. do we feel she's alive, and whose oh, yeah. feet oh, yeah. Yeah. is at the end, Okay, I, I don't know if it's so much that I feel she's alive as I really hope she's alive, because I just really want to see more that's of her. Fair. So, I, I've seen some, obviously, we pushed back on it. I said she was dead. You said she might be alive. Yeah. I could see maybe... Um, they made a lot of points as far as the blaster being stuck yes. in the sand, and they like did a lot of mini close-ups. Yeah, there's a lot. Of- as, and I was like, "Oh, is this blaster going to backfire?" I thought it was going to backfire. So when it didn't backfire, I was like, "Oh, she's dead." But then I was like, "What if it like nulled the impact of the blaster?" Yeah, just being stuck in the sand. So maybe she's alive. Yeah, no. she may just be stunned, or yeah. the blast hit her in some sort of armor she has underneath yeah. that absorbed some of it. Can I ask you who's yeah. at the end? Who do you think is it? Okay, everyone, everyone is saying that they think it's Boba Fett. Yeah. Uh, and do I don't th- know. Do you think it's Moff Gideon? Oh, Giancarlo I, that's, kind, that's who I was thinking was that yeah. it was Moff Gideon, that this was the introduction of that character. Okay. Because we know that this this lady, she's she's willing to work with whoever for a price, Yeah, which yeah. I like. Do you like my prediction, Emma? Well, I didn't hear what your prediction was. My, my prediction is Cad Bane. <laughs> <laughs> I would right? love it I think my prediction is the best, but yeah. it's not necessarily grounded in anything. It's yeah. just me being just like, desire. I want to see a gunslinger. Who better gunslinger than Cad Bane? Yeah. I, am, I, uh, I could see yeah. it being Boba Fett, which yeah. I think you were saying you thought it was Ken. Uh, it's not that even that... It's not even that it's I thought sound right. it's, 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 sound yeah, it's, it's, the hard, it's hard to ignore the Spurs. It's, it's yeah. hard There's a lot that. of like Zabruder film, uh, Dealey Square uh, shots being broken down of of the Mando's feet, and some people thinking he was man. And I know he he took off at the end, but maybe he flies back over. Oh. And I didn't I, when we had recorded our review, I hadn't really thought about that. Oh, that it yeah. could just be, him, could be him coming back. But that that would I I would feel. And I think some people will be justified in feeling a little cheated of mystery. Oh, it's, it's, oh, it's Amanda. Him. So I, the reason yeah. I say Boba Fett is, is the Spurs are hard to ignore. Yeah, they're hard to ignore. I for always sure. say I love a good prediction and theory, but I always want to go to the emotional tones of it and what, what mm-hmm. purpose would it serve. I don't quite have that answer for Boba Fett other than there's just something about it that makes some sense yeah, to me. I think, too, in, in regards to the Boba Fett theory, uh, that there is some merit to the idea of bringing that character back. So first of all, I just now I'm envisioning going full Western yeah. him and the Mandalorian have a duel in the street. Yeah. And we settle once and for, once all, and for all that Boba yeah. Fett is not actually Mandalorian. It's, it's Spider-Man meme come to life. Yeah. It's yeah. like, wait, you, yeah. but you look just like me. <laughs> you, you just, you just said it there in your bit. And yeah. I love it because the only, the biggest thing of like the emotional purpose of, of bringing Boba Fett back is, uh, when I would have said no before the show, sure. right? Because he's the Mandalorian. Well, right. now we're learning he's the Mandalorian who was adopted into mm-hmm. the culture. Well, this idea of Boba Fett and Django, uh, you know, Prime Minister Almec saying, being, nah, they're not, they're not, not, they're not. Do we deal with that in some way? Uh, does this it. turn into a Boba Fett type of thing? Getting back. But again, I, 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 the way it sometimes goes is I think this episode, you know, tonight's going to open up. And I, I joked last week about Laser Bill McBurwalker. Oh, it is tonight. Just, I was like, yeah. wait. 
tonight. Yeah, we're almost it's Thursday, Moff everybody. Gideon, Hello. Moff Gideon maybe showing up or getting ready. But I, I, I think by casting, we think he might be in a later episode. It, it gives yeah, us yeah. a weird spot. But here's the other thing. It's damn fun. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. It's fun to just kind yeah. of wonder, and that yeah. makes the show, makes that episode even more worth it in my mind. Absolutely. So, uh, well, one thing, uh, our, our very, uh, we got a Collider.com article, uh, I think it was, uh, again, Perry. Uh, we don't have the video, right? I don't think we have the video. I think we just have some shots here of uh, uh, Perry spoke with uh, the cast of The Rise of Skywalker and just asked him uh, about uh, which Baby Yoda first they'd want to witness. So head on over to Collider.com. And uh, check out uh, Perry uh, sitting down with the cast of Rise of Skywalker talking about Baby Yoda because Baby Yoda hey. is everywhere. Absolutely. He's everywhere. Dear Baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. So uh, that is our look at uh, The Mandalorian. Unless you have any final thoughts, Emma. No, <laughs> only that uh, in regard because I was thinking about that video uh, of Perry interviewing the cast only to say that, as I mentioned earlier in the show, uh, Daisy Ridley has my absolute favorite answer. And if you guys know anything about me, you'll watch a little bit of the other view and you will understand why. Mm. Um, but yeah, but speaking of uh, Daisy mm. Ridley, uh, she has made it very clear that she uh, prefers Baby Yoda to uh, a, a little a little space bird that was introduced in the film we are wow. about to discuss right now, Porgs, which wow. we first saw on the planet of Octo. I almost said the island of Octo <laughs> uh, in both. the film The Last Jedi, directed by Ryan Johnson, which yeah. we are going to take a, a look back on as we prepare to get into episode nine. Absolutely. Here. We Ooh. looked at Force Awakens a bit last week as we prepare for the end of the saga. We, we don't have uh, time to go through episodes one, two, three, four, five, six, but nah. the sequel trilogy will take a look back. We have got uh, a little peek at The Last Jedi and what uh, it meant yes. and, and things going forward. Emma, um, we also got this thing. I, I'll throw this into the mm-hmm. conversation. J.J. Abrams teasing whether the Force will find balance and the rise of Skywalker. We're going to deal with that a little bit later. Uh, and he says, well, you're asking a very important question. It's something that we talked about quite a bit in the development of the story. The balance of the fourth force, frankly, uh, like the balance of anything, is hard fought. It must be maintained. It's something, not something that happens and then is a permanent thing. You cannot oh, take no. that for granted. So the story of balance is ongoing and evolving. So that leads us actually to The Last Jedi where balance was discussed. It's but you take us through because yeah. you're more balanced than I am. Well, thank you. I, uh, I I appreciate you saying that. I've really been doing a lot of um, work on myself <laughs> personally this year, and I do feel very uh, in balance these days. But I, I want to you know, kind of address the same way that we did when we were talking about The Force Awakens. Ace, what was your reaction when you first saw this film? Like, set the scene for me Ooh. of Ace seeing... Yeah. Uh, Last Jedi for the first time. You know, time. it's funny. I, I, you know, thinking about this topic because I knew we were heading into it. It is a. I had a lot of mixed feelings, mm. which I think is what a lot of people had watching the Last Jedi. Uh, overall, I, I just felt like this sense of I like where we're going with Kylo and Rey, which is the same feeling I had in the Force Awakens. Um, but overall, I felt like, man, I really loved a lot of the Last Jedi, and then I was like, man, I really thought some of it was okay. But overall, I enjoyed it. And, and, and can I open up this conversation? Because I knew we were going to talk about The Last Jedi. And mm. obviously, this is the talk. We're talking about The Last Jedi, guys. I mean, <laughs> it's hard to ignore the fact that this happens to be the most controversial Star Wars movie in a while, at least. <laughs> I was going to say in a while. Since, uh, as compared since, to, since the prequels. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Or, or the previous Star Wars film. <laughs> or the previous Star Wars film. Or any of them. Whatever any, the any most Star previous Wars. Star Wars film is, sure. is probably the most controversial. But, but it's, it's one of those things where, uh, talking to film fans, mm-hmm. my friend RB3, Robert Butler III, for example, 
Who likes Star Wars? He's yeah. a Star Wars guy, but he's more of a film guy. He likes movies more than yeah. anything else. And, and, and the way we talk about movies, whether it's Knives Out, mm-hmm. whether it's The Farewell, whether it's The Irishman, whether it's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, movies in mm-hmm. general, these are movies this year that came out. We talk about them with things we like, things we didn't like, overall feelings of the movie. The problem with the conversation around The Last Jedi that it's evolved into this hyperbole effect mm-hmm. where it's the greatest movie ever to be constructed and trust me i've seen those articles that say that and i'm like no it's not and it's the worst abomination to ever hit mankind which, which no it's not it's also not and it's one of those things where it's like what happened to nuance and what happened to conversation where i can say i enjoyed 85 percent of this movie because 85 percent felt like the heart of ray and kylo ren which to me worked perfectly snow kylo luke yes yeah canto bite and john boyega and finn eh wasn't that sure. great and it's one of those things where i'm allowed to say those things because yes. there's a nuanced conversation where i say every it's funny because we got those comments a few of them uh for some people on, on jedi council being like you guys love the last jedi therefore your opinion is invalid and i was like do i love the last jedi have you heard my opinions on the last jedi because i don't think you have and, and what i'm saying now is that yes i do overall enjoy this movie and love it quite a bit but I feel like there is some things to be said that, yeah, there was some things that didn't work. Mm. And, I, and I think we're allowed to say that. But it doesn't mean that it destroyed Star Wars. It doesn't mean that the sequel trilogy is invalid. It doesn't mean that it's offensive or it's destroying your manliness or whatever the hell that The Last <laughs> Jedi people want to say. That's not what Star Wars is. And there's always a conversation. Ken, and I, Ken you and I have had this conversation as far as Star Wars in general. Mm-hmm. every single Star Wars movie we can have a conversation about and we enjoy every single Star Wars movie every single one whether yeah. it's Solo whether it's the prequels or it's Rogue One because the overall themes work with us mm-hmm. that's all we want we want the themes to work and if they work I'm good that's why I love the prequels that's why I love the sequel trilogy that's why I love the original trilogy There's my, those are my thoughts <laughs> I just had to say it like there needs to be nuance and conversation even when it comes to Star Wars I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you you will you are preaching to the choir here at this table. Can uh, yeah. <laughs> keeping keeping all that in mind yeah, yeah. and and being able to have uh, you know more interesting conversations about Star Wars rather than jumping to extremes. What what were your feelings upon seeing the Last Jedi for the first time? First time, uh, I you know at the time uh, was fortunate enough to go to to the premiere. I'm, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm not oh, going to be at, I'm not going to be at the premiere Rise wow. of Skywalker. So you know there there you go. Um, but so we all came out, yeah. right? And and you're hyped and you're excited. And we go to the after party, and literally the first person I bump into as I'm going down the stairs is Ryan Johnson, and you're kind of like, whoa, and Laura Dern's behind him, and you're like, whoa. whoa. But that doesn't change. That's why the, the idea of, of those screenings is really misinterpreted yeah. uh, by a lot of people. But um, we got, me and Mark Ellis got our snacks, and we went to our little table, and some people gathered around, and we all kind of were like, huh, huh. Okay, and 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 there's you know some things uh, you know that you're initially like okay, some you know didn't I didn't take to that. I really loved the the the, the Battle of Dakar, the evacuation of Dakar. I really loved the stuff on crate. Love the visuals, but the big thing for me, I came back to do do you what what did uh, what do you feel about Luke Skywalker? Is how I think kind of may, maybe yeah. ju- is how the, the movie's based for you as a, as, mm. a, as a fan, mm. um, and 
it took me a bit. And this is what I wrote about sure. in my book was like I literally wrote Luke Skywalker died today because I didn't know. And at the end of it, I got to the point where it's like, that's not what I wanted. But that is everything I feel I needed for that character. And I started to love it more and more and more and more and more. Yeah. And that's but but my initial reaction was. OK, yeah, but a, a movie that makes you think and is the deepest uh, of all the films, I do believe. I think that is great value. Yeah. And that's where that's where I went. That's where my journey began. So when I saw it for the first time, unlike when I saw Force Awakens, where I left the theater going, I think I loved it. I need to I, I need to see it again. Mm-hmm. I left this movie going, wow, mm-hmm. that is not what I expected. And I am delighted by the fact that it is not what I expected. Uh, I think that. For me, and I, I've, I've said this a number of times, um, this is the first movie that I really loved Luke Skywalker in. Mm. Which isn't to say that I didn't like the character as a kid. I did. Right. Uh, I was always way more interested in Leia. I was always more of a Han girl, which probably had something to do with me yeah. identifying with Princess Leia and Harrison Ford being the sexy devil that mm-hmm. he kind of remains to this day, quite honestly. He's I, still I was pretty a, good looking. <laughs> I was a Han girl too, so I understand. <laughs> um, but, it, which isn't to say that Luke didn't have his moments of being a complex character, but he was very much your sort of typical wide-eyed young hero at the beginning of the hero's journey, mm. in, inciting incident, mentor, all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> but in The Last Jedi, I felt he was very humanized for me because so much of the story that I think was a really, really smart storytelling decision on Ryan Johnson's part was to make it about the actual like psychological effects that happen to somebody who's put up on a pedestal the way that Luke Skywalker was. At the conclusion of the Galactic Rebellion, you basically have this one guy as you know, sure, Leia is force sensitive and stuff. We in in some of the books in between, like particularly Bloodline, they get into why she didn't, didn't really yeah. choose to continue with her Jedi training. Obviously, we see in this film that the force is very strong in her family. She does have some some force powers uh, mm-hmm. that she has some a level of control over, be it conscious or subconscious. Um, and and uh, and I'll be honest with you, I don't love that sequence. I love the idea behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sequence of her floating through space. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, all right, this might be a little over the top, but I really like the idea behind it. But in regards to Luke, he is the singular Jedi figurehead and he is here and he has got to make everything right. And the one person who he can't seem to make things right for is his own nephew. So it made perfect sense to me that Luke made the decisions that he did. He's in the, he's under a tremendous amount of pressure to be like the symbol of all that is right and good in the galaxy. It made perfect sense to me that when Kylo started to go bad, he had a second of being like, I need to kill, I need to kill him. I need to get rid of him. Because that's just, what the hero would do. The hero would do that to the bad guy. Yeah. And, but that also goes against right. pacifism but, in the way of the Jedi. Sure, yeah, but yeah, I'm yeah. also saying that, like, you know, Luke, he didn't, 
He didn't get to like live with all his yeah. Jedi buddies and have all this support. Yeah. He had to be a Jedi all on his own. So I, I just, I really, really loved Luke's storyline in this so much. Um, mm-hmm. And I understand why people didn't. I get it. I get that people wanted Luke to come in with eight lightsabers and do mm. backflips and be this ultimate like mm. Rambo style hero. I understand. Mm. Um, but to me, this this was the ultimate Luke Skywalker. And I, yeah. I and with that being so central to the story, and I totally agree. I, I loved the storyline of Ray and Kylo Ren and their connection and both of them sort of living with the shadow of the past and not really knowing where they fit in or Ray at least questioning where, where she fits in making Kylo question. And then Kylo's decision ultimately to go, no, I'm like, we killed Snoke. That means I'm going to rule the galaxy now. And her being like, well, let's pump the brakes here. Let's roll it back. I thought like this was going to be a, Hey, you're going to start using your force powers for good kind of thing. Um, especially because she felt so like rejected by Luke, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, no, yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. And as far as like the, the Mecha Luke thing, that great Hello Greeter video that's <laughs> out there, like, yeah, I, I definitely fight and push back against that. I, my, my best friend, my best, my, I, I, my brother is, uh, is, is a police officer. He's a pro wrestler. He's, and he is just, he cannot, he cannot connect with Luke in, in The Last Jedi. It upsets him. We get, yeah. into, we get into very serious arguments. Sure. That, that's a tough, that's sometimes tough for me to deal with. Other, that's also what he's feeling. This is what I'm feeling. Recently, I had a conversation with a friend uh, um, before the, the live Schmodown event, yeah. and he was like, no, I have no problem with the movie. It's just, he goes, Luke's, like, Luke's death, Luke Skywalker's my favorite character, and that was tough for me. Sure. Not, not what he did, everything, just oh, to yeah, watch no. it happen. And I, that was, I was like, yeah, no, uh, that I understand. Totally. And I think it, sometimes these films and these, these cinema, Scorsese would say, uh, I think should feel tough and challenge you even yeah. with your favorite, favorite characters yeah. but that doesn't mean it's any easier and that we had a good conversation about sure. that where he's just like no 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 I, I understand you love it I because I was just that was, that was my guy growing up and to watch him I get it even yeah. to watch him die under any circumstance it, it was really tough it's, for me it's always going to be I, I told you when we did the four center episode as far as looking <clears throat> back on Star Wars Star Wars will always be about generations, mm-hmm. about passing down the batons. Literally, since the first movie with with Obi Wan to mm. Luke Skywalker, it, it's it's the it's the old man teaching the younger Padawan the ways of the Force, the ways of the Jedi, and passing on this legacy to a younger generation. That to me is always going to be the the story mm-hmm. of Star Wars. Like the biggest theme yeah. is generations and the idea of Luke sacrificing himself for a new generation of Rey kind of leading the charge to me is like as heartbreaking as it is it makes perfect sense in my opinion it makes perfect sense yeah i mean just his line of and i will not be the last jedi yeah. it's just yeah. it, like i'm getting emotional talking about it like yeah. i just i really like this movie no i, I uh, so funny I, there's, there are you know our friend billy patterson over screen junkies. i just recorded a podcast with this weekend and, and then talking about the last jedi i started to to cry it was mostly about about tally lintra but um <laughs> Rest in peace, to me, it's Tally. about that poor yeah. that got eaten by Chewie. Yeah. I know. I'm still crying about that. <laughs> that the one that he already started cooking. Yeah. yeah. Here's, uh, here's, I'm still convinced that he didn't mm-hmm. kill him, that he was just already dead. He was like, uh, me and Joseph Grimshaw, had a, we had to huddle and talk about that. We were all like, right, all right. We just don't think Chewie, Chewie, Chewie did that. Uh, yeah. he did, it was already dead. He made got use of, a, of, of the animal. Interesting. So anyway, Interesting. it's my head cannon to get around. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, but just to, to wrap the segment up, uh, what, aside from, obviously, the central storyline themes, etc., uh, Ace, what was another favorite takeaway from this film? Um, 
honestly, it was Kylo. I, I, I love the character of Kylo. I love him kind of coming into his own. To me, this, this I, I was talking to my roommate about it. The Force Awakens introduces Rey. The Force Awakens introduces Kylo. And I feel like I get a lot more of Rey in The Force Awakens. But in The Last Jedi, I feel like I get a lot more of Kylo. And it kind of made me feel like, oh, this guy's cool. Like, he beat Snoke. He outsmarted Snoke some way using the Force. He, he took charge of who he was. He became Supreme Leader. And he just kind of leaned into his, like, yeah. ideology of who he was. The, the, the scene when he's, like, telling... Um, the walkers to like more more like that scene is just to me as like perfect mm-hmm. peak kylo yeah. um so that's my biggest takeaway is the idea of if i was ray in that moment and kylo was reaching out his hand being like let the past die i would have been like let's do it bro <laughs> and i would have done the freaking uh yeah. carl weathers handshake predator, predator. mendo, mendo. Right. and i would have been Sidekick to Supreme Leader Kylo yeah. Ren. Uh, <laughs> That's me. Um, I absolutely love the Kylo and Ray scenes. They're, they're probably actually my favorite in the movie. Their dialogue, just the way their growth, their character, which is why I really love Chris Terrio talking a mm. lot about those scenes. Looking forward to Rise of Skywalker. But as far as the one of the things I took away, what am, I, I think maybe my favorite shot in the Last Jedi is the eyes of Leia on crate and that one and a half second of, of her eyes covered. She's just simply waiting. But in that moment. The, the eyes tell the story of, of, of all the loss in her life, mm-hmm. going back to Alderaan, going back to her, 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 you know, her parents, essentially, going to her real father, yeah. uh, all the people she's lost along the way, including her husband and, and really her son at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just – I'm such a fan of the character of Leia and, and what her, she's done. She's the steadfast uh, leader. She's the one that sacrificed a lot of personal gain, including mm-hmm. being a Jedi, yeah. to, 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 to carry on this fight and to have her at the end. And, to, and there's so much pain, but it, it, it's in keeping with Leia. She's looking out there. She sees it. She sees all the pain. Uh, she feels mm-hmm. all the pain. She's got to keep going. And, she, and, and within, you know, two seconds, she's firing a blaster. And that, to me, was Leia. Yeah. I love that scene. Yeah, I, I love that scene, too. Uh, I think uh, another big takeaway for me that I really, really enjoyed in this film was it made me a big fan of the character of Poe Dameron. Mm. Um, because Poe, in the first movie, like we were talking about, he was a handsome guy with a nice jacket, and he mm. was funny, and he was part of the movie, but he didn't really have a lot going on otherwise. Yeah. Um, but I feel in this movie, he had just such an interesting character arc uh mm. and i uh uh and i think they did s- an amazing amazing job setting him up to be the leader mm-hmm. that i think we're going to see him be in mm-hmm. the in the subsequent film and yeah. uh i'm Ooh. i'm looking forward to it subsequent film emma yes <laughs> we have a new star wars coming out uh, we do we have a new star wars coming out very very soon so, so, to celebrate, let's talk about uh, what we think we might see in episode nine. Yeah, uh, so this is like uh, our predictions. And like I said, I, I love being <laughs> bad at predictions. Uh, I love not knowing for these films uh, what's going to happen, but we're going to make some. It's not going to be a sport, uh, maybe as so much in the past. Uh, and also, this is, I read, I jumped ahead. This is really where I was supposed to talk about JJ <laughs> and the balance of the, of the force. My yeah, it's fine. Yeah, page we was did it. scrolled too we got far it. down. We did it. Um, so, but Emma, we also got something, uh, you got something, I should say, kind of planned. Uh, I do. 
that Ace and I don't know about. Yes. Don't know so, anything about. All right. So, uh, so, you know, people like to theorize about what they might see in a Star Wars going into it. Any Anything where there's a lot of legacy built up around it. And uh, Star Wars certainly has that. So we're just going to go through a little list here. Uh, and I am going to name something. You'll also see uh, an artistic representation of it on the screens. And you just <laughs> let me know if you think we're going to see it in, in episode the... nine or not. <laughs> okay. okay. All right, okay. here we go. Right. The first one's easy. Okay. okay. Number one, Porgs. Yes. Ooh. Yes. Oh, yeah, sorry. It's not a race, huh? It's not a race. No. Nope. All right. Sorry. Not I'll a race. I'll, I will wait my turn. Uh, that's a good one. I, I'm going to go ahead and say, I mean, obviously this is going to become a reoccurring theme with me. You're yes. going to find out soon, Emma. Yes. <laughs> this I'm is, this game is really mostly about like, what can we get Ace to, to say, say no, no to? to. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, yeah. I think we'll see a pork. Okay. Turbis will be there. <laughs> oh, Turbis. The, that's the, right. The, the, the stowaway. Stowaway yeah. named by uh, the, the fine team at the Tatooine Suns podcast yes. at a Collider screening, I believe. Um, <laughs> and it's now official. Uh, yeah, I think Turbis will be there. Yeah, I, there's a there's a pork on one of the international posters. So I think uh, it is a right. I didn't know if you've seen that or not. But hey, you, a, said, you said yes. I said yes, but yeah. I didn't You're see that. All right. so. Number two, Luke's green lightsaber. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. Yes. You know why? Uh, because in the last Jedi novelization, which was great by Jason Fry, you basically the lightsabers in the gift shop lost and found on Octo by the caretakers. Yeah. I would not be surprised Mm-mm. if uh, this uh, lightsaber shows up again. I'm going to say yes as well, based <laughs> off some things I've already seen. Oh, no, no, oh, 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 you're oh, cheating, oh, huh? I'm oh. not cheating. I'm just going off the NBA game. Shout out to the NBA. Uh, ratings are going up. Um, as far as those TV spots, man, those TV yeah. spots give a lot of weight. Yeah. But, but you see certain people go back to a certain place. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Yep. So, all right. All right. Number three, the actual planet of Endor. Uh, Wilfred Brimley has yeah. made his way down from the moon of Endor to the planet. The planet, the planet of Endor. Endor, which we've never seen. The planet. I'm going to say hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> Including Wilfred Brimley. Oh, yes. Okay. 100. It's all going to be there. Good. Are we going to get a final? And it's going to be like yeah, Noah, that last Noah party and was Sindel nothing. Noah are going to be there. Though. Yeah. That last party was nothing compared Sindel, to this Sindel, one. Yeah, Sindel, Sindel, yeah, Sindel and Teak, Noah. Is Teak, Teak has there? to be there, yeah. yeah. This is going to be the most <laughs> lit party lit, uh, of all Star Wars. Party. The planet of Endor. The planet of Endor. No. Okay. Wow. All right, moving on. Number four. Mala. Nope. This is, Ooh. oh, where'd she go? She was there. She, she was, was there. there. We had her. Okay. We had her, but Mala. Mala. Oh, it just doesn't want to stay. She just doesn't want to stay. It doesn't want to stay. She doesn't want to stick around because she's got such a tumultuous you know relationship it, with her husband. Oh, there it is. It's a picture from the holiday special, so somewhere George Lucas pressed a button and tried to erase it. <laughs> Mala. This goes back to my... I, I was going to say, this goes back to yours, because this is a controversial should one. Should we go home? Because if we do see her, is she going to be happy? Not going to be happy. <laughs> Look, I, I will say, all jokes aside, I say no. Okay. Okay. Uh, I will also say yes. No, I'm kidding. Um, I'll probably say no. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it would make holiday sense. Holiday special. Doesn't exist. One. Yeah, Doesn't you have exist. to go to the holiday special to get Ace to say no. Yeah. Scrubbed, uh, scrubbed from existence. Yeah. Number five, Wedge Antilles. Yes. Ooh! Wow! Really? Did you, wow! You don't think so? I mean, he's he, he's 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 around. Uh, 
I'm gonna say I'm looking at Mark Riley to help me. Uh, I'm gonna okay. Yeah, yeah. Riley's uh, nodding emphatically. <laughs> snuck into the set in a bathrobe, <laughs> and yes, Dennis Wedge yes, shows he's up. He's in the movie. Okay, number Ooh. six. Can I? Oh, I do you want to go some more I, on this? Can I do a push? Yeah. All right. No, okay. I'll say. I'll say yes. Say yes. Okay. Number six. Ray's parents. <laughs> I, uh, I did a Google image search. And Lone Star and Princess Vespa came up and I was like, and yeah. Bill Pullman, yeah. I'm, I'm there for them. <laughs> Ray's parents. Yes. Just, that's a good general question. Good, good general question. Ray's parents. What you got there, uh, Space no. Cowboy? No. <laughs> no? I'm good now. I'm saying, <sighs> saying no to an okay. appearance, but yes to a reference. To a reference. Okay. okay. Uh, number seven, Darth Vader's castle. Ooh. Ooh, Fortress Vader. Ooh. Oh, sign me up for the idea, but I'm really? going no. What? I'm saying yes, Ace man. is a strong yes on yes. that one. Strong yes. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Uh, number eight, Matt the radar technician. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, no. shout out to my sister-in-law, Brittany, uh, for suggesting this one. Yeah. Uh, that would be so. In, in res- I know that would be much, but I would appreciate it. <laughs> so in resistance, they made the outfits canon, right? Yeah, yeah uh, they did. Um, I'm gonna say no on Matt the radar technician. Okay, number nine, Matt Smith, because apparently he's in this movie, but we never talk about him. I forgot uh, he was in it. Um, <laughs> I will never mark him a liar, by, like uh, a good friend of mine. Uh, but I say yes. I say yes as well. Okay. Number 10, one of the most underrated characters in Star Wars, Dexter Jetster. Ooh, that's Give my boy. Dexter. That's my boy. Uh, Let's go. I do love Dexter, but unfortunately, Alex Backus of Black Series Rebels, yeah. no. Not going to happen. Yeah, I'm also saying no, even though he is my homie. Yeah. Shout out to Dexter Jetson. And actually pretty useful, uh, yeah, identifying he, the... He's the, got some yeah. smart. We, yeah. yes. we did a whole episode about him on right. Force Center. Number 11, another even bigger Death Star. Mm, that's, a, that's a strong no from me. I mean, here's... No, but man, we do uh, already have, see something that makes I was going to say, yes. we do get hints of something. Yeah, but I'm going to say no. it's not going to be this. I'm going to say no. I'm gonna, no. JJ's going to avoid that. Yeah. Okay. okay. Number 12... Luke, and I do mean with multiple U's, an evil clone uh, of Luke created yeah. from his hand. Yeah, um, That's a that definite... might be the only time I get up and walk out of a <laughs> mm, No. Definitely no. Also, fun fact, uh, when I was looking, when I was Google image searching for Luke, another suggestion that came up for me was a character by the name of Darth Millennial, no. uh, which is really just what Kylo Ren's uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Sith yeah. Lord Sith name Lord should name. be, should yeah. he ever achieve that rank. Yeah. Uh, all right. Number 13, lens flares. Oh, hundreds. <laughs> and by uh, hundreds, I mean hundreds of them. <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to say yes to that. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, number 14, E.T., the extraterrestrial. Oh, that's a good one. I actually think we might. I mean, if we're calling Someone back... Some of his species. Yeah, if we're calling back to the prequels, yeah. I'll say no, but really? I want it. Yeah, I think he's going to be there at the at the Endor party, Ken. The Endor Haven't you heard about the... Have you not been invited the, to the Endor the party? The Endor party? Yeah. It's the hottest club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number 15, the internet's favorite ship, depending on who you are, Raylo. Ooh. So, okay... And what can I can I cl- yeah, I was ask say. what's the clarification? Because I I believe Raylo 
already exists from a certain point of view in yeah. terms okay. of what we've seen, the connection. Yes. Let's, let's the say definition like, of a relationship. Let's say like canonically, Are you talking, they like get together, make out, ice cream oh, yeah. Yeah. Ice cream sundaes, smooches. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he takes off those pants Naboo. <laughs> to match that shirt. A trip yep. to Naboo. <laughs> I still... Romantic uh, trip to Naboo. I still... I still say no. Across the stars plays in the background. Yeah. I still say no, but it's not, and I'm not <laughs> right. for it or against it. Right. I just think, I just think I'm no. Saying, it's not going to be that well defined. Yes. I'm yeah. also saying no. I'll also um, say no. Yeah. I don't think we, okay. I, I think the interviews we've gotten from JJ seem to lean towards, there's not going to be a lot of romance yeah. in any of these movies. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Hey. This is interesting. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. Uh, number 16, Baby Yoda. Hey, spoilers. Hey. Uh, no. I'm saying no as well. I, yeah. I know I said yes like two weeks ago, but the more I thought about it, I was like, it doesn't make yeah. sense. Yeah. Uh, no. Number 17, Lobot, specifically, as portrayed by friend of the show, oh. Stephen Stanton. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Big Sal at Caesars Wolfpack on Twitter for that one. That's a, I want this. This would That's be almost great. like a toss-up for me. I could almost see him like going with like a newer version. Sure. Like he's updating, you know, because yeah. he likes his droids. Yeah. Um, and we know he's there. I don't know. I might, I, I'm leaning towards yes. Yeah, I think Lobot's going to be in yeah. it. Whether or not he's played by Steven Stanton remains to be seen. But, uh, yeah, but I'll, I, say, I'll say no. But I'm, I'm going yes on, on Lobot. Yeah. Uh, number 18, Kylo Ren's abs. Ah. Well, if you say, if you answer yes to the Raylo, you might get it here. No. Yeah. As across the stars plays in the background. That's what. It's just a sequence. It's a sequence of him working out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. As across the stars plays. Yeah. Uh, number nineteen. Uh, Dash Rendar. Shout out to uh, Cameron Rice, friend of the show, uh, uh-huh. for suggesting he's not actually in it, but he will be referenced according to Cam specifically in a spaceship that we see get blown up. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um, no. No. God. God. No. No. Uh, number 20, a catchy cantina jam. Ooh. You know I how mean, JJ likes those. JJ, Jed, uh, Jabba Flow, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a great, uh, oh man, it's kind of a Star Wars thing to I have know. some yeah. kind of boogie going on. Mm-hmm. Lynn Mowell comes back for, what's that so called? Yeah, uh, Jabba uh, Flow. Uh, oogie, oogie. Yeah, Jabba Flow. That uh, I say yes. Ooh. Because we're going to get Wicket and the Ewoks celebrating, not on the planet, Endor. Right. And I think the there will be a new version of Yub Nub. Okay. Ooh. It's a remix. Yeah. With certain bars. I support it. Yeah. I, I kind of, I'm, I'm with that. I mean, if I'm, if right. I'm pro party, then there you, must be some songs party, at that man. party, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and finally, as a bonus uh, and credit to friend of the show, Joe Starr for suggesting this. Porgs, but with force powers. Force porks. <laughs> Forgs. Um, I don't know why porks. I picked the no, image of the porks from. No, but I'm uh, I'm gonna go see Knives Out with Joe Star tonight, and hey. uh, I'm gonna give him a big hug. You have not seen it. Yet? I've not seen okay. it yet. Um, I don't get out much, Ace. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say no, but with a wish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm also saying no. Yeah. I'm curious. Uh, we're gonna see porks. Are we gonna see? Can I say something? Yeah. Dead porks? Dead porks? What's yeah. wrong with you? What's I don't know. Yeah. Why would like, you, you know want what? there to be your dead soul. birds? These were delicious, and, and I, I've, wow. I was shamed before, Ooh. but now I'm going to double back. Wow. Yikes. 
Wow. Wow, you were trying to shame Chewy for potentially killing <laughs> porgs earlier, and now you're like, I'm Apologies. for it. That's pretty yeah. awesome. Okay, uh, well, that's and, a great that, uh, uh, and that that concludes our, our very useful uh, Star Wars episode yeah. nine prediction. Yeah, final thoughts on this, and we'll start wrapping up the show here though. Let's let's uh what are you what are you expecting emotionally, Emma? Where going into this, the saga, the journey as a fan, everything. Emotionally, yeah. I think that for me, what I really want to see in this film is it to be about what we've been talking about for the whole show, the whole idea of all of the the, the forces coming together, literal, metaphysical, et cetera, et cetera, uh, to carry on the story and mm-hmm. and have the, the new generation uh, make a better world. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, same. Uh, to me, this is all about Ray. It's been all about yeah. Ray since the Force Awakens, and yeah. to me, it's taking this character and, and what we get teased in the Force Awakens and what we see a little bit of in the Last Jedi. We're going to get that completion of what she means to the Force itself. As far as this goes, all the way back to like my pre Force Awakens theories, where I was throwing like twenty theories at a time. Um, where I was saying, like, she has to have some sort of connection to Chosen One, Chosen Ideology, whatever that is, Mm -hmm. as far as this Skywalker Chosen One prophecy, whether that prophecy was real or not, whether Rey was the actual one, something like that is kind of what I want to see, like what she means to this prophecy and whether it's the combination of Rey and Kylo Ren to kind of complete this Mm. balance of the Force. I was going to say, going back to JJ's quote, the story of balance is ongoing, yeah. it's evolving, and maybe that's where this kind of ends. And I, I, I keep talking about the Grey Havens, Frodo, a lot of things, the, the Return of the King endings, but just that there's some scars from this and everything, but, but the story's still going to go on, we know. And unlike Return of the Jedi, which George thought, great, celebrate, we're ending, Gary Kurtz is upset, upset but we're doing this. Um, I, I think Rise of Skywalker is going to leave it uh, uh, open a little bit more. There's, mm-hmm. uh, we know that this goes on in some way, so I'm kind of going in with the we're saying goodbye, but we're looking forward, even though we might not get those stories. Uh, um, that's where I think some of the emotions are going. Yeah, We've moved out from the uh, shadow of the previous generation, and now we're looking forward and we're on our own. And maybe balance will be achieved for now. Fingers crossed. For now. So real quickly here, we're going to take a... Thank you, Amber, too, by the way, for that very fun Ooh, game. That's oh, yes. the kind of predictions I like. <laughs> um, comics, books, games, and more. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Uh, real quickly, uh, just d- this one here. Uh, the Rise of, of Kylo Ren. Was the, Rise of Ky- the Rise of Kylo Ren comic series uh, is uh, coming out December 18th, the first issue. Charles Soule writing this one. Uh, and this is the one that we've been waiting for. Get a little bit more. I think there's issue two we're looking forward to. Get some answers about the Knights of Ren. Answers of Ben and Luke. Uh, and this is going to be, I think this is one of my most anticipated Marvel comic series in a long time. Emma, you going to pick this up? Heck yeah, I'm, uh, I'm pro Kylo. Pro yeah. Kylo in them abs. <laughs> Team uh, Kylo Ren. No, yeah. I, I love it because it's more about the Knights of Ren, and I think that's what right. a lot of people are curious about. Also out of... Uh, Star Wars Target Vader 6 of 6. This is a surprisingly good series. I say that because I just wasn't expecting much from it. Bounty Hunters going after Vader. All right. And it ended up being uh, really interesting. The character of Valance is, is kind of kind of cool, kind of different. So uh, that's out this week. Final thing, we're going to do a couple questions here in our Star Wars fan questions. Fan Alliance here. We're all getting ready to see these films. Uh, Andres, you have a question you want to answer here today? Ooh. Um, yeah, let's go with uh, Meteor at Meteor Boy. 
who mm-hmm. says, do you think that Ray is going to pilot an X-Wing or another Resistance ship? Could be a nice payback for when she wore a helmet in Episode 7. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say no, kind of based off what we see already in the trailers sure. and TV spots where she's piloting the Millennium Falcon. I know... Um, Lando is going to do that as well. Chewie is going to do that as well. But I think they're going to focus on Poe and the X-Wing. But not, I don't yeah. think Ray in an X-Wing. Yeah, I love this the question, though, Meteor Boy. It's a good because, question, yeah, yeah. She, the, she wears that Tearfawn Yellow Aces helmet, and it's kind of, I think it's just kind of indicative of where, you know, she thought, you know, she would like to go. I know she kind of didn't want to. She wanted to stay for her family. But it'd be a nice, interesting, uh, you know, callback. Yeah. But I think her in the Falcon is enough for me. But I, yeah. I, I like Yeah, the, I don't uh, necessarily yeah. need her to pilot yeah. an X-Wing. I mean, she's already getting to pilot probably the most recognizable say, ship in all of Star Wars. It's the Millennium so. Falcon, bro. But I mean, I wouldn't hate it if she piloted yeah. an X-Wing. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, but I, I, I think she's. She's good where she is. Yeah, I like that. Emma, do you have a question to your liking? I do, to yes. Um, there are so many good questions in here about The Mandalorian, um, but I don't really want to get into stuff that could potentially be spoiler territory. So I'm going to go with this one uh, from L underscore Ronan at Ronan Unchained asks, since season two of The Mandalorian is production, what uh, is in production, what are some directors you'd like to see direct the show next season? I'd like to see uh, Gendy Tartakovsky, uh, who did Samurai Jack, and also the 2D animated Clone Wars, uh, and Shinichiro Watanabe, uh, who uh, directed uh, Cowboy Bebop and mm-hmm. Blade Runner Blackout 2022. Join Favreau and Filoni. Ace, you're, you're a director's guy. This question's really for you. Yeah, they're talking about Mandalorian, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean... I would love to go with big names. Yeah. Um, why not a Coogler? Sure. Oh, yeah. I would love to see, what love to see Ryan Coogler. Star Wars looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be a director for me. Sure. Mm, these are great choices. Yeah. I, you know, we got Carl Weathers doing one of the episodes, Ooh. right? Love Ooh. it. Mendo. Um, it's interesting to actually see Favreau probably going to be at the helm, uh-huh. I do believe, for one of them there. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to find that cool, hip name. Um, uh, it's not coming together, but uh, Michelle McLaren from Game of Thrones oh, yes. did a lot McLaren's of uh, some of uh, my favorite kind of quieter, so, so mm-hmm. to speak, episodes. He's going to be too busy doing House of the Dragon, but pulling in like Miguel Sapochnik into, mm-hmm. into giving me a big battle sequence on TV with Star Wars. Probably not going to happen, but I'd like to Dude, do Dude, that'd be amazing. I, uh, yeah. Are you kidding I just, me? I want an alien marketplace-centered episode that is directed, conceived, all of it by Guillermo del Toro. Oh, uh, that'd be ah. great. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. I mean, I know he wants to do a movie, but like, yeah. give, give him an episode of The That'd Mandalorian first. Uh, and let Ryan Johnson do an episode. He said he wants he, to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he said he wants to. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be interesting. He said he wants to. That would, uh, that would be interesting. Yeah. All right. Uh, speaking of interesting, you're all out there. You're all interesting. Thanks for joining us here <laughs> today on Collider Jedi Councils. We are, we're tired, we're ragged, but we're racing towards the rise of Ooh. Skywalker. Uh, there's going to be reviews of it next week. We're going to be doing a larger one uh, that's going to air a little bit later, we're doing it because you're also the Collider video main review. Emma, I believe you're going to be part I of that one. I'm going to be part of the non-spoiler review that will be non-spoiler. dropping uh, at the, uh, you know, midnight Boom, yeah. on, on Tuesday as soon Ooh. as that embargo's up. So, so yay. A, a lot of content coming. Uh, stay tuned for that. We also got the, you know, the holidays kind of throw production it's schedules nice. in a row. You got, you got to see these films. Uh, but uh, we look forward to hearing all of your thoughts on the rise of Skywalker, the end of the Skywalker saga. But the story goes on. Uh, Andres, thanks for joining us here Thank today. You so and all your thoughts and theories. Tell them where they can find you and your shows. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Squad Leader Ace, And you can follow me on YouTube at First cut we just released our knives out spoiler review with rb3 sabrina and i and it's a lot of fun so go check that out 
I'll be able to watch that yeah. tonight, yeah. finally, actually. Yeah. Uh, I'm a five. Uh, you can find me in a movie theater seeing Knives Out ten more times because hey. it's so great. Uh, no, uh, you can find me all over the internet wherever Emma Fives are sold at my name, Emma Fife. And you can follow me at Ken Napsuck or Ken Napsuck. And if you're local to L.A., December 22nd, uh, Emma Fife and I, and I'm hoping, uh, Ace, we're going to get some more special guests if you're around. Uh, we're going to be on the Black Series Rebels live taping over at uh, Flappers Comedy Club, downtown Burbank. I might do a Type 5. Emma's working on her Type 5. Uh, bring some jokes, Ace. Uh, but we're going to be there. Go uh, to over to the Black Series. Get boys to uh, find it out. Love Steve and Alex. We're happy to be on the show. That is it for Mark Riley, our producer. For Adam in the booth, Fad and Pulled a lot of pictures, including that awesome Gary Kurtz quote and Alec Guinness and Emma for her little game. That was awesome and fun. The only predictions that matter. We'll see you next time on Collegiate Council. May the force be with you, you know, always. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa Know-How. Napa Know-How. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive. Brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.